Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week, we're going to be recapping the 2023 movie, One True Loves, based on a novel by Taylor Jenkins Reid of the same name. One of the production studios said BuzzFeed Studios. And out loud, I said, oh, no. Yeah, that that would have thrown me off had I not already been kind of invested in the movie, you know? Yeah, I I thought it was a really well-constructed story, but uh, initially I was like, oh, crap, this is going to be a shit show. The movie stars Simu Liu. I'm I'm saying that wrong. I'm really sorry, dude. (laughs) It stars Simu Liu as Sam, Luke Bracey as Jesse, and Philippa So as Emma. Philippa So also stars as Eliza Hamilton in Hamilton the Musical. Dude, I was wondering where I knew her from because I'm like, God, she looks so familiar. I love her. She is such a great actress. Like, just take my money, Philippa. Just take it. (laughs) It's for you. You want her to dance for you? Uh, No, she doesn't even have to dance. She can just have it. Just for existing. Just for existing as you. Yes. So Sam and Emma, two of the main characters, they were best friends in high school. Emma is the daughter of two bookstore owners and aspires to be a wild child. She's like the little rebel in her family. She has a Mm -hmm. sister who can't wait to inherit the bookstore. Meanwhile, Emma says, I never want to run that bookstore. I want to travel. I want to see the world. And honestly, like, ¿Por qué no los dos? Like, why can't you do both? Why can't you run a bookstore and see the world? Exactly. I I don't know. But you know what? Teenagers are not rational. And in her mind, it's one or the other. Sam is a goody two-shoes. He's the kid that doesn't get in trouble, does everything by the book. Emma is completely oblivious to the fact that Sam is totally head over heels in love with her. While Sam is pining over Emma, Emma is obsessed with this other kid that they go to high school with, whose name is Jesse. We're a little confused because 15 years later, there's an engagement party for Emma and Sam. Yeah, so Sam got the girl somehow. Emma and Sam are having an engagement party. Emma's family is there and they're giving toasts. The speeches that Emma's family are giving during her engagement party, it feels a lot like vague booking. It feels like spilling a lot of tea without actually spilling the tea. Yeah, her family's talking about how Emma has been through so much and they're thanking Sam for helping her, you know, find herself again and bringing her back to life. Yeah. Oh, like, um, I would like a little more detail. Listen, if you're don't vague book, you know what I mean? Give us the details. We're invested. Excuse me. Excuse me. (laughs) Sir. Okay. Imagine Emma's dad is posting to Facebook what he says in his toast, which he Mm -hmm. says like, thank you to Sam for giving Emma a second chance at love. And I'm like, hold on. Second. (laughs) Second chance. What happened? Well, it doesn't take us long to find out what happened. As Emma and Sam are getting ready to leave the engagement party, Emma gets a call. She steps out into the hall to pick up this call. The call is from Jesse, and he's like, Emma, it's me. It's Jesse. I'm alive. You remember that kid that Emma was in love with in high school? They got married after high school. Yeah, they went on this whirlwind tour of the world. Emma was a travel blogger, and Jesse was a documentary photographer. They went to all these fancy places. They went to all these tropical, exotic places. They just traveled. Yeah, it just seemed like they lived this very exciting, adventurous life. It was exactly what Emma said she always wanted. 
At one point, Jesse was having some sort of photo shoot in Alaska. First of all, he was doing it on their one year anniversary, whatever. But he, (laughs) dude, anyways, he was on a helicopter that crashed and they found both of the pilot's bodies and the condition of the helicopter. And Emma was told that there's no way Jesse would have survived this crash. But they did never find his body. Emma went through a really hard time. And we'll get into this a little more later. But mm-hmm. it was rough for her, as you can imagine. She thought her husband was lost at sea because she refused to believe that he was dead. I mean, for yeah. months and months and months, she would go. She would, This is not funny. But she would go out. She would go out on a dock with like binoculars. <laughs> Is this not like the laziest search party ever? Like, I love you so much and I want to find you, but I also don't want to get wet. Well, also, like, it seems when she's out there with binoculars, it seems like she's back home in New England and his helicopter crashed off the coast of Alaska somewhere. Like, honey, that's the wrong ocean. That's so funny. Yeah, because her sister is there. So her sister is so sweet. And her sister tells her, listen, my love, your your husband died, okay? You're going to come back home with me and I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to mm-hmm. feed you, you know? And that's essentially what happened. Her sister took care of her and kind of nursed her back into life. Yeah. And in the process of Emma trying to heal from the loss of her husband, her sister got her interested in books. Emma was never a reader. And she also, she was one of those people that seemed to hate what was popular. And people with that kind of mentality always tend to kind of annoy me. Yeah. Just because it's popular, why can it not also be good? Things that are popular naturally have more criticism. Let people like their garbage, okay? Yeah. Let them like what they like. I don't think we would have been friends with Emma when she was in high school. She seemed pretty insufferable. (laughs) She did. But Emma had told her sister, fine, go ahead and make a recommendation. No love, no death. That does make the slimmings a little bit smaller, you know. (laughs) But also, as the bookseller's daughter, Marie is able to be like, girl, I got you. Emma's sister starts recommending books to Emma and Emma reluctantly reads them and ends up falling in love with stories and their ability to really translate the human experience, which honestly is the beauty of literature. That's the beauty of books. Absolutely. And in the process of finding her love for reading and books in general, she does step up into, you know, a position at the bookstore. And That's one of the things that kind of brings Emma back from the really dark place she was in. Really, books saved her life. Yeah. She was fading. She was, Mm -hmm. I think it's possible to die from a broken heart. And it seems like Emma was dying of a broken heart. Um, And I think one of the big things was, is that they didn't find Jesse's body. So like, she always had that sort of, um, that nagging feeling in the back of her head. I mean, I think that's the thing. Like, there's no closure for her, but she has to move on with her life because years go by. I mean, four or five years, probably, right? It's four years. Yeah. So towards the end of these four years where her husband is presumed dead, Emma has rebuilt her life and Mm -hmm. she actually ends up running into her old best friend, Sam, who still lives in that town. So this is the town they grew up in. Yeah. Sam is still there. She runs into him. And let me tell you, Sam's looking good. Okay. Mm hmm. 
she runs into Sam at a music store. She is going there to get a keyboard because she wants to learn an instrument. Sam is a music teacher at their old high school. So Sam is the epitome of like the guy who settled in the town he grew up in. And that's so not what Emma ever wanted to do, obviously. Mm -hmm. But now she's kind of in that place too. She's settling into running her parents' bookstore. So they're meeting again at a point in their life where they have a lot more in common. Sam offers to teach her how to play the keyboard Mm -hmm. and they start spending a whole lot of time together. Obviously, Sam and Emma start dating and he proposes to her, but he proposes to her in a way that doesn't make her actually answer. He basically gives her the ring and says, when you're ready, I'm ready. And so instead of getting on one knee and saying, will you marry me and making her answer right then and there, he puts on this very elaborate engagement and then he says, I want you to hold this ring. And if you're ever ready, you let me know because I'll be ready. Dude, I am in love with this man. Right? I love that Sam understands that Emma lost a husband and that you have to make room for that type of grief. Mm -hmm. You know, grief is a thing that takes up space in your life. And I love that Sam was aware that Emma was always going to be in love with this man that she thought was dead. Well, turns out Emma was ready that night when they get home. She's like, marry me. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do this. (laughs) Yes. What a rude time to come back from the dead, by the way. Right? Pick a story. Stay dead. Like, for real, dude. It's like the night of her engagement party. It's such a joyous, momentous occasion. And this is the night that you are, you know, it's almost like he was following her on Facebook. And he was like, okay, I got to get off this deserted island tonight because she's She's engaged. <laughs> yeah, I can't let that happen. Well, following the mysterious phone call from Jesse, obviously, this is a big deal. He was found. He's back to life. And he wants to see his wife. Jesse is being escorted home by, you know, the police. And there's this huge press event outside mm-hmm. of his parents' house. Of course, Emma is there. Without her engagement ring, but also without her wedding ring. And she's there with Jesse's parents, who seem to be mad at Emma for moving on. His mom's kind of a condescending bitch. Yeah, his mom looks at her with her judgy eyes and she says, we decided not to tell him that you're engaged. He's been through enough. (laughs) He was dead. Like, And this is one of the questions that I have. When people are telling you your husband is dead, okay, Mm -hmm. experts, experts are telling you your husband is dead. How long are you supposed to grieve? I would understand the mom being upset if she had been engaged six months after the son being missing. Do you know what I mean? That would have felt too soon. It's been four years, my dude. Like, come on. But yeah, the mom is the mom is a total bitch. But yeah. um, Emma and Jesse's reunion is being broadcasted on, you know, on the on live news. Yeah. And the first thing Jesse does when he gets out of that car is run up and kiss Emma. Yeah, he looks like he's been through it, by the way. He's wearing really baggy sweats, which make him look like he's lost a lot of weight. He probably has. And obviously, like Emma's having some feelings. Girl, girl is having feelings because this is her husband. You know, she thought he was dead. She grieved him. Like, right. The process of like reverse grieving is probably really complicated. 
I don't think there are books for that. Like how to deal with your husband coming back from the dead once you're engaged and have moved on. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) There's no no self-help book for that. No. And do you know what there's also not a self-help book for? How to deal with your fiance's supposedly dead husband coming back to life and their reunion being broadcasted for everyone to see. Yeah, because all of Sam's co-workers see this happen. Yeah. His students see this and they have questions. <laughs> well, everybody is watching this reunion being broadcasted. And so when Sam goes to work again, he's a teacher at the local high school. He walks into the staff room where everyone is like staring at the at the live broadcast. And unfortunately, Sam walks in right around the time where Jesse kisses Emma And it's obviously really awkward. Like, I can't imagine having to go through something like that publicly. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, you're confused. It's also really fucking embarrassing. You know what? It's time to hire a hitman, my dude. Like, listen, he should have stayed dead. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I'm I'm with you. Sam can just have this taken care of. Call Sally Mae. Call whoever you need to. <laughs> Those student loans that were forgiven? No more, my dude. No more. No more forgiven. You are alive. You need to pay your student loans. You know what? He hasn't paid taxes in four years. So to jail. <laughs> Call the IRS. Call the IRS on him. They'll take care of it. Oh, my God. So here's the thing. The reunion between Jesse and Emma, obviously very intense. There's a lot of press. Emma pulls Jesse into the house and she kind of rips off the Band-Aid immediately. She tells him almost immediately, like, I'm engaged. And Jesse starts laughing and he's like, that's fucking terrible. That is the worst possible thing. And she's like, I know. And the fact that his reaction was to laugh honestly made me love him. It seemed like he was being so understanding. He wasn't mad at her. He wasn't demanding explanations. He just laughed like, yeah, this this sounds about right. This is my luck. So what's interesting, though, is that Emma doesn't stay with Jesse that night. She goes home. Yeah, she actually doesn't stay with Jesse for very long at all. She goes there, sees him, tells him that she's engaged. And then his parents have, you know, organized like a welcome home party, which I think is really inappropriate. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. Like, give him some time. And then Emma's like, I I should go. I don't know. I thought that was weird that your long lost husband is back and you can't like you can't carve out time in your schedule for him. I mean, I guess. But also, like... It's really awkward because she's probably having a shit ton of conflicted feelings. You know, she's like, yeah, that's my husband, but also like my fiance. Like, I think she's trying to be respectful of both of them at this point. Like, okay, yeah, I don't know what to do. Right. Well, I'll tell you what she does. So she leaves Jesse. He asks Mm -hmm. her if he could take her to the cabin that they would always go to the very next day, the next morning. He's like, let's get away together. And she Mm -hmm. agrees. Then Emma goes home to her fiance and Sam is making a grilled cheese sandwich for her, even though he didn't even know for sure she was coming home. And I just love Sam. Can I have him? (laughs) He is so cute about it. Um, He's like, yeah, he's like, I I wasn't sure if you're going to be here, but like figured you would like a sandwich maybe, you know? Oh my God. And then he's like, I saw you kissing Jesse. He's like, it's okay. I get it. 
I just felt wrong to like know and like not tell you that I knew. He immediately takes the guilt away from her because you know she has to feel guilty because she mm-hmm. just kissed this guy on TV. And he takes that guilt away from her by saying like, I, look, I saw it. I understand. It's okay. Honestly, she is so freaking lucky that both of these gorgeous men are so wonderful and understanding. But uh-huh. also... She's so unlucky that both of these men are so wonderful and understanding. Yeah. Because it would be a lot easier to choose if just one of them took this news badly. You know what I'm saying? Literally, I don't know if it's the aroma of the dairy-free cheese, (laughs) if it's the... If it's, you know, the melted crispy butter in the pan, um, maybe just Sam in general, maybe she's all hyped up, but she's just like, I want you to stay in the middle of the kitchen. Yeah, she jumps Sam's bones and they sleep together. And I don't know if you noticed this, but the camera pans away in a style that felt judgy, in my opinion. Really? Yeah, it felt judgy. So that night after, you know, their their post shag cuddles, Sam is playing with Emma's hand and he notices she's not wearing her engagement ring. And he's like, bitch, where the fuck is your ring? He doesn't say that. What he does say, <laughs> that's what you would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. What Sam does say very sadly, he says, you know, you're going to have to choose, which is like stating the obvious. But at this point, he's just kind of like, we can't go on with you going to see your husband and then coming home and boning me like this isn't going to work. And then he tells her that she should go and talk to Jesse. But in the meantime, she should go stay somewhere else. Yeah. He tells her, listen, maybe you should stay with your sister, like a neutral space. Right. Mm-hmm. And he says, take the time that you need and do whatever you need to do to make your decision. Yeah, which is really sad, but also still pretty understanding. It is. So Emma goes to stay with her sister and her sister drops a truth bomb. She tells Emma, maybe it's not about the person you love more, but it's about the person who makes you the person you want to be. Yeah. Jesse, Emma and Sam Emma are two completely different people, you know? They are. Jesse Emma was this wild and free travel blogger who Mm -hmm. didn't have any roots and just kind of like spread her wings and went wherever she wanted. And whereas Sam Emma runs a bookstore, she's back in her hometown, you know, it's it's an adventure all on its own, but it's not this like epic grand adventure. It's more comfortable. It's a more comfortable, predictable life. I feel like Sam Emma is more mature than Jesse Emma, which is to be expected because, you know, four years have passed. You do mature a lot in four years. It's probably the difference between like her mid-20s and her early 30s, which that is a huge, that time frame, people change a lot. Yeah. Emma and Jesse talk and they decide to go away to Emma's family's cabin in Maine to kind of reconnect and talk about things away from everybody else. Meanwhile, poor Sam is going through it. He gets accosted by the press on his way to work. 
everybody knows his business. There's students in his classroom that don't even take his class. They're like, (laughs) we're just here if you need someone to talk to. He should have taken some time off. Why didn't he take time off? You know, honestly, could you imagine just sitting at home? Yeah, true. Work is probably a good distraction for him. I think maybe if his students were elementary school age, but the fact that his students are high school students and they know what's happening, Mm -hmm. it's It makes for a very hilarious scene because Sam is a music teacher and his students are his students are like, are we really not going to talk about your husband in law? (laughs) I I laughed so loud at that. Yeah. Your husband in law. (laughs) Well, at one point he's like, no, this is inappropriate. We're not talking about this. And then he's just like watching his phone and Emma's texting. It's like 18 minutes that she's texting And then the dots just go away and Mm -hmm. nothing gets sent. He's like, come on. And he throws his phone. His phone shatters. And the kids are like, what the hell? And he's like, what does it mean? What does it mean? They're like, Mr. Sam, sit down. Class is in session now. (laughs) His students are so funny. They're here for the tea. He's losing it in class. I mean, he's under Mm -hmm. a lot of stress. I can't imagine your future being in the hands of someone whose choices you can't really predict because suddenly Emma is not his Emma. She's like, who is she? Is she? She doesn't know. Emma? Yeah, she doesn't know who she is anymore. So I can imagine how terrified Sam is because this is his future and this is his future wife. This is his, Mm -hmm. like the life he planned in his head. Like, Everything is being ripped from under him and he has no say and he's supposed to be understanding and it's mm-hmm. not about him, right? Like he's he's not supposed to be the victim. Like I think Sam has it the worst out of everyone. Yeah, well, I feel like everybody is a victim to circumstance here. Mm-hmm. All three yeah. of them, because honestly, no matter what Emma chooses, someone's going to get hurt. Yeah. No matter what Emma chooses, someone's going to think she chose wrong. And no matter what she chooses, I think she's going to be hurt a little bit, too. Right. No, of course, 100%. At this point, they're both so wonderful that I could not wrap my head around who she would choose and why. Emma and Jesse, they go to this cabin. Mm -hmm. They have, um, they knock the boots at the cabin. And I'm telling you, Courtney, Mm -hmm. watch this movie again and tell me if the camera pans have an attitude. Because I'm telling you, when she had sex with Sam, that was a judgy camera pan. Like the Mm -hmm. camera moved away in a judgy way. But when she had sex with Jesse, I felt like the camera wasn't so judgy. So I don't know. You you watch it and tell me if I'm wrong. I'll go watch it again and see if the camera pans are (laughs) judgy. But yeah, so her and Jesse are away at this cabin and they're getting to know each other again. Yes. Jesse starts to learn that Emma is not the same Emma that he left four years ago. No, absolutely not. Jesse asks about the travel blog and she's like, I I haven't written a travel piece in years, actually. Mm. And she's like, I'm actually running the bookstore. And he's like, bullshit. No, you're not. He's like coming from the person who wouldn't even read the Hunger Games. And she's like, well, she's like, it turns out the Hunger Games are actually pretty awesome. They're pretty good books. Yes. And she tells Jesse, you know, how books saved her life and Mm -hmm. how she's grown to love the bookstore and the customers. And she even wants to have kids, which I guess is something she wasn't sure about before. 
Yeah. And he's like, I thought you didn't want kids. She's like, well, it turns out I think I kind of do. To be fair, Jesse was on an island for four years. Which honestly goals. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you know what? Fair, fair, fair. But honestly, like Jesse seems to be kind of pushy when it comes to his opinions. His yeah. opinions. And like they go to this food truck and Jesse tries to order for her. She's like, actually, I don't eat dairy anymore. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, okay. You know, he tries to be pretty cool about it, but I feel like Jesse's trying to like assert how much he knows her and how connected they are. And he's just, he's dropping the ball because she's not the same person. And I feel really bad for him. You're so right. I didn't actually catch that. The fact that when they go to a food truck, he's kind of saying, oh, she'll have X, Y, Z. And he is trying to prove like, of course, she's going to have this. I know her. And she's like, actually, you don't because I have discovered lactose intolerance in the last four years, (laughs) as we all have. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) Lactose intolerance has never been enough to keep me away from cheese, to be completely honest. Like, (laughs) reach. Having a healthy gut system is great. But have you ever had baked brie on Triscuit? Because let me tell you, (laughs) uh, have you ever had a Crunchwrap Supreme? Because I'm telling you, (laughs) you know, while Emma is with Jesse informing him, you know, of her newfound love of books and no longer eating cheese, Sam is again at work. And instead of learning instruments today, his students intervene with a therapy session. They're like, listen, we're going we're <laughs> to talk about this. And at first he fights it. He's like, no, this is inappropriate. And then he's like, you know what? Never mind. Fuck it. Well, because I think his students can tell he's doing worse. So mm-hmm. if they keep on pretending like nothing is wrong and the day before he threw his phone against the wall, like he's going to end up losing his job. He needs to get it together because it also seems like Sam doesn't have anyone to talk to, which honestly, side note, kind of a red flag. Like, do you not have friends? Right. Like no friends, no family. Emma's family doesn't reach out to Sam at all, which I think is kind of weird. Yeah. But yeah, because I mean, Emma has her sister who gave her that really good advice. Mm -hmm. And yet Sam, all he has is a classroom full of teenagers who just want the tea. You know, teenagers are little sociopaths. They don't really care about what he's going through. They just want the tea. Literally, I'm surprised they didn't bring popcorn. Courtney, they were passing around a bag of popcorn. You didn't see it. It was a really good product placement. (laughs) It was really good product placement. But there's a shot of the students kind of handing over a bag of of a smart popcorn. So essentially, Sam relents and he sits down in front of the class and Uh just starts talking about how, you know, he found Emma first. He says, I found her first. I loved her first. And then he goes, finders keepers, right? (laughs) Yeah. And then he immediately backtracks and he's like, not that she's, you know, a soccer ball at the playground, but also like finders keepers, finders keepers. It's so funny because he's he keeps saying it with his chest, you know, like finders, keepers. And then he immediately goes, no, 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 no. That's the patriarchy. We must suppress that. It's yes. not. She's not an object. <laughs> he's so cute. Honestly, do you think Jesse would ever have been like, no, no, no. That's the patriarchy talking. No, Jesse would never have acknowledged right. internalized misogynism. Never. I mean, the students are enthralled. They're so invested because essentially Sam is laying out the backstory for them and he is telling them how, you know, 
how he's been in love with her since high school and he never told her and Mm -hmm. all these things and how he ended up getting her back as an adult and how he feels about her. And the students are enthralled. They're so invested. The bell rings to signify the end of the class. Nobody moves. Yeah. And he's like, well, you guys should get to your next class. And they're like, absolutely not. Somebody says, do you think English Lit is going to have this kind of drama? I don't think so. Yeah, like... (laughs) Um, no, we'll be staying. Thank you. Yes. So while Sam is having a therapy session in Mm -hmm. front of his high schoolers, Emma and Jesse are driving back to the cabin Mm -hmm. and Jesse decides that he wants to drive this time, even though he is technically not supposed to. Yeah. So his his driver's license was technically like canceled once he had once his death certificate was issued. But also he hasn't driven a car in four years. So like maybe, Mm. you know, well, also they're driving a Fiat, not a Ferrari. So, yeah, but he is treating it like a Ferrari. Yeah, well, I think this is a good example of Jesse's personality. He's kind Mm. of a thrill seeker and he starts speeding, like just flying down the road. And Emma, you could see, is no longer a thrill seeker because she's like, "Uh, honey, should you maybe slow down a little bit? (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, no, obviously they get pulled over because he's going like 80 and a 45. Right. And the cop is not amused because obviously Jesse does not have a driver's license. Mm -hmm. But Jesse does have one thing going for him. He is a white man. So he can Mm -hmm. tell the cop, like, I'm so sorry. I just wanted to know what it felt like to drive again. Yeah. And so Emma steps in and she's like, hey, listen, she's like, I have an article you can read. So she grabs it and she pulls out this box. And I guess it's her Jesse box. It's kind of, you know, it's the box that she kept to remind herself of him. So it has cutouts of articles when he went missing. It also has a letter that she wrote to Jesse. Obviously, mm-hmm. she couldn't send it because, you know, UPS doesn't go to remote islands. But correct. Um, while she's talking to the police officer about how Jesse's been missing and he doesn't have a driver's license, Jesse pockets the letter. Yeah, he sees the letter. To be fair, it has his name on it. So he's like, this is meant for me. He pockets it. The police officer asks Emma for her driver's license. When Jesse sees it, he notices for the first time that Emma has changed her name. She went back to her maiden name. Mm -hmm. And Jesse is mad. Luckily, the, the police officer lets them off as long as Emma drives. The police officer lets them go as long as Emma drives. But when they Mm -hmm. get back, Jesse starts a huge argument. Yeah. He's like, you changed your name. And she's like, yeah, you were dead. He's like, so you cut me out completely. You just erased me. He gets really not understanding about the fact that no one Uh knew he was alive for four years. And he says, I was supposed to come home to my wife who waited for me. Right. He says my part was to get home. Your part was to wait for me. I did my part. You didn't do your part. That's so unfair. Again, it's been four freaking years, okay? Did you really want your wife to mourn you and grieve you and hold on to- For four years. For four years. That seems like a miserable existence. I know. And statistically speaking, men move on faster than women. So Mm -hmm. if this situation were reversed and he thought Emma was dead, 18 months after that death certificate was issued, guarantee you he'd be remarried. He Yeah. (laughs) 
100%. And guess what? When Emma would have come back from the dead, she would have been understanding because women are more reasonable in general. <laughs> right? I like. I get it. Jesse's going through it. He was alone on an island. He didn't even have a soccer ball like Tom Hanks, a castaway. Okay? Right. <laughs> I get it. Jesse's going through it. But also, like, Jesse, my love, I know this is about you technically, but like, there are other people here. Jesse loses it and he starts to yell at her and he demands for her to answer the question, do you love him? Do you love him more than me? And I just think it's such an unfair question to ask, do you love him? Like, you know, I've tapped that maple tree and climbed it. So why are you asking me this? Like, you're trying to hurt your own feelings at this point. You know what I mean? Right. Like, why would she be engaged to him if she didn't love him? It's not like he's super rich. It's not like he's super rich. I'm just saying marriages of convenience don't happen with poor people. Okay. That's true. So obviously it's for love. But then also Emma says, you have no idea what I went through. And Jesse explodes. He's like, right? what you went through. And I'm sorry, but he's just being so unreasonable. Like, I get it. Like, he's been through a lot. And honestly, like, therapy would really right? help him out right now. Like, My maybe dude, get some therapy. Listen, I don't want to be an asshole, but you need a therapist. Honestly, <laughs> like, you probably need some SSRIs. Yes. A little crutch. You know, a little crutch to get you back. We, we saw the nightmares you're having. You need to process that. You need to unpack that. He's been through significant trauma. He exactly. really has. But you know what? Just because you have been through trauma doesn't give you the right to be an asshole and traumatize other people. Exactly. And then Jesse just takes off. He takes off out of the cabin running. Well, he runs into the woods, which to me was the most dramatic thing. I mean, immediately that gave me the ick. I was like, I could never, I would Honestly, never want to have sex with this man again. He just ran emotionally into the woods. Emma runs after him. I'm sorry. If my not dead husband ran into the woods, like he'll come back or he won't. Like, I am not going <laughs> after you. First of all, it seems like it's cold outside. I'm not running in yeah. the cold. Second of all, I'm not going into the woods. Um, right. It also looks like it's later in the day. You want me to go mm -hmm. into the woods in the evening time? Absolutely not. Okay, so he runs through the woods and he gets to this big lighthouse, which just happens to be the setting of their wedding. This is where they got married. Mm -hmm. And Jesse climbs the lighthouse. And by the time Emma gets up there, Jesse is already reading the letter that was in the memory box. Yeah. And the letter, Emma wrote it the night that her and Sam got engaged. And she tells him how she lost herself and she was in this really dark place. And we get this montage of events of Emma narrating sort of how her and Sam reconnected and how dark of a place she was in and how her sister helped pull her out of it. And, you know, essentially being like, I love you and I will always love you, but I cannot keep holding on because I'm going to drive myself crazy. It's funny because in the letter, Emma says, Sam is so wonderful and he makes space for you and he's healing me. I really think you would love him and I really think you would love this for me. And meanwhile, Jesse's reading it like, mm -hmm. no, the fuck I don't. Uh, bitch, you thought wrong. You thought wrong. <laughs> You thought wrong because I hate all of this. Once Jesse finishes reading the letter and Emma gets up to him, they have a come to Jesus talk. And she says how she wants to stay in New England. And he's like, 
know. You always knew that I didn't want this. But like, don't you want to go see the world? And she's like, I don't I don't want to do that anymore. She's like, you know, I want roots. I want to build a life. And they just when in this conversation, they find out that Jesse is still who Jesse was. And Emma is not who Emma used to be. And they openly acknowledge that. He's like, you're wanting me to be somebody I I never was. And she's like, you're wanting me to be somebody who I'm not anymore. And and neither is wrong and neither is right. It's just they're different and they're not right for each other right now. Mm-mm. And they kind of mutually agree that they want different things and they're not right for each other anymore. They go back to Jesse's parents' house and Emma drops Jesse off. And Jesse says, I guess we weren't just meant to be. And she goes, no. She goes, I think that we were meant to have been. Yeah. She said, just because it's over doesn't mean it was wrong. Yeah, we are. We were meant to have been. You can be meant for somebody for a time of your life, you know? Right. And yeah. I think that if you guys do grow in opposite directions, it's a failure on both of your parts to stay together when you're not supposed to be together. Meanwhile, Sam is still going through it and he is using his students as the therapy session. His students have not moved. And now teachers have come into the room. And initially I thought the teachers were coming in to tell him like, hey, let's break this up. This is inappropriate. But that's not what happens. No, they order pizza. (laughs) The teachers order pizza and they all gather in this room and they're listening to his story, all the backstory between him and Emma. And Uh essentially... First of all, the bell rings for the end of the day. So like, it's time to go now. Everyone's missing buses. <laughs> Everyone's going to miss their bus. And Sam goes, well, it's out of my hands now. Like, there's nothing I can do. It's not my choice to make. And his students are like, uh, the fuck it is. You're going to get in your car and you're going to go tell your girl how you feel because you didn't do it in high school and she married someone else. You're going to go do it now. Right. And so Sam does that. He runs out. Everybody's clapping. It's so cute. Right. The scenes with Sam were my favorite in this movie. They actually made me laugh more than I laughed during rom-coms. And this wasn't supposed to be a funny movie. And yet he had like very like laugh out loud moments. He absolutely did. And I think it's even funnier because he's unintentionally funny. Yeah, he is. He's just so adorable. At the same time that Sam is going to find Emma, Emma is going to find Sam. They miss each other. So Sam goes to the bookstore and Emma's not there. Emma's sister reluctantly has to tell Sam that Emma is at the cabin with Jesse. And so now Sam is espresso depresso because he's like, oh, she chose Jesse. And then Emma goes to the bookstore. Emma's sister is like, oh, you just missed Sam. He was here looking for you. Sam is at a red light having just left the bookstore. Emma is rushing in her car. She's like kind of speeding down the road trying Mm -hmm. to catch him because she knows he just left. Emma's trying to call Sam. Obviously, his phone's busted, so it's not working very Mm -hmm. well. He answers the phone, but he can't hear her because his phone is busted. And she's like, can you hear me? Can you hear me? And next thing you know, she rams into the car in front of her. She's frantic. And Sam gets out of the car and he's like, honey, you hit me. Yeah. What a meet cute. (laughs) (laughs) A re-meet cute. I mean, this is a lot of money over here. You know, like it looks like Jesse had money. It looked like his parents were had good money. I don't know how Sam and Emma are going to deal with two totaled cars. She just starts word vomiting to him. And he's like, no, let me say this. 
And then he just tells her everything on how mm-hmm. he's loved her since they were kids and how they were always meant to be. And essentially, it was a pick me, choose me. I loved his speech because he also said something that was very accurate. He said, I've loved every version of you and I will love every version you will become. And hello, yes, that was accurate because Jesse only loved adventurous Emma. But Sam loved adventurous Emma, but he also loves the new settled down Emma. Jesse's not wrong for loving adventurous Emma and not so much not adventurous Emma because Jesse is who he is. And like she said, they were meant to have been. Well, there's this cute reunion that happens in the middle of what looks like a freaking crime scene because yes. <laughs> there's this car crash and cars are everywhere. Yeah, Sam and Emma, they they kiss in the middle of this crime scene and people are like, I don't know what's going <laughs> on. Like, do they know each other? Like, did they rear end and they're just like making up with a kiss from rearing him? Can you imagine, though, witnessing this like witnessing this lady drive her car full speed into another car that's just at a red light, then getting out of the car, going into the the guy's arms and just making out with him. I would be like, I don't know what's happening, but I love it. <laughs> well, that's one way to tell him you don't have insurance. Um, <laughs> I cannot pay for your car, but how about a kiss? <laughs> I have other, other services I can provide. <laughs> but yeah, so... The, it kind of pans out and then we get like sort of an epilogue. It cuts to, I don't know, maybe a year later. I'm not sure. Emma's pregnant and she has a decent yeah. belly. So I would say about a year later. Yeah. So Emma and Sam, obviously, they got married and now Emma has a baby on the way. Mm-hmm. She's still running the bookstore. She seems really happy. One day, Sam's, you know, installing the car seat in the car and Emma gets a letter from Jesse. The letter from Jesse essentially just says like, hey, I met someone. She's really understanding and she's helping me heal. I thought that was sweet. Um, but how how would you feel about your spouse's ex like writing them this letter about how they love them so much and they're grateful for all their times together? It's like, brah, like you guys had your closing moment. Like you don't have to send the letter. Yeah, I think maybe the letter might have been a little much, but also I feel like it was closure that both of them really needed. I think she needed to know Jesse was okay. Yeah, I guess. I think it was really for us. I think we needed to know Jesse was okay. <laughs> I don't think she cared. <laughs> I had a clear favorite and it was always Sam. No, same. I felt like I knew pretty early on that she was going to choose Sam. And the moment that I realized it was when Emma and Jesse were talking about the bookstore and he was so surprised that she was running the bookstore. I was like, oh, she's different. He was borderline cynical. Yeah, because that's the way she was. The minute that I lost any sort of fight for Jesse was when he got mad about her name. That argument was really hard to swallow because he was really cruel to her. Uh Again, demanding to know if she's in love with her fiance. It's like, uh, yeah, bro, that's how engagements work. Like, did you expect her to sit there and mourn you for the rest of her life? They don't know what the other has been through. Mm -hmm. So... You know, from his perspective, she was comfortable at home with her family for four years. She wasn't going through anything like, yeah, maybe she was a little sad. And from her perspective, it's like you knew you were alive. You had hope. I was crushed. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I don't think either one of them really understands what the other went through, and I don't think they ever could. No, I don't think they could either. Jesse Emma does not exist anymore. And you know what? Good riddance, because I love Sam. He was my favorite. Yes. If you haven't watched the movie, you totally should. Uh Because I loved it. It was a great movie. And I can't believe BuzzFeed Studios produced it because I really had low expectations when I saw that. (laughs) I I was a big fan of the book. Um, And so when I do research to what books or movies we're going to do for the podcast, I had known this one was coming out for a while. I was actually waiting to see if it was going to be free on a streaming service. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was taking too long. So... Yeah, which is kind of what happened with a few of the other movies we've done to where I'm like, oh, I really want to do this one. And then we'll do it. And then like a month later, it's free. And I'm like, well, God damn it. (laughs) It was worth it. Honestly, I think, you know, purchasing a movie like this for like, what, $6.99 or something to me, it's worth it. It was such a good movie. Oh, I bought it so I could watch it again. Oh, sorry. I didn't buy it. I rented it. But I wish I had bought it, honestly. It was like 15 bucks. Oh, okay. Just like The Hating Game. I bought The Hating Game. Yeah, see, the thing with me is I don't rewatch movies. Oh, I do. It's like, I love this movie, but I don't see myself like sitting down and watching it again. I don't know. It's something with like my neurodivergent brain that like can't handle. My neurodivergent brain loves movies that I've seen before because it's Mm -hmm. like a comfort Like my comfort movie that I put on anytime that I need background noise for something or I want to watch something, but I don't know what I want to watch. It's Twilight. See, the thing with me is I get really I get bored really easily. And so if I'm watching a movie and I already know what happens, I'm not engaged in it. And that's why I think I can't rewatch movies. Well, see, I get engaged in it and then unengaged and then reengaged. And so if it's Mm -hmm. a movie I've already watched, I can sort of reengage at any point without feeling like I need to back up. Lost. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Anyway, the teapot is empty for the day. Don't worry, Maury's brewing it on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. See you next time. Bye.